and welcome to the greatest show in the galaxy. I'm Mike and Chase Emma, and this time we're going to take a look at some of the merchandising that uh, came out surrounding Doctor Who. Uh, Emma, were you much of a collector? Um, yes, I've, I've, to my to my eternal shame, the amount of money in this house is represented in lumps of Doctor Who shaped plastic. <laughs> it's really upsetting. Um, <laughs> if you think about it, um, we especially since the new series has come out. We've uh, definitely collected more since then because mm. there's been a heck of a lot of merchandise that's come out. Yeah. I have to be honest, I, I don't have a lot of like the new series like toys, but I do have a couple of... I had the very... I did get the very first release of the Sonic Screwdriver, which had a sort of like a creamy sort of colour yes. uh, handle. I also later picked up the more show-accurate uh, sort of grey-handled... Tenth Doctor Sonic Screwdriver, which came with the um, the Sonic Pen. I oh yes, lo- I love the Sonic Pen. I don't know mm. why; it's just sort of it's just a neat little thing. But uh, my last acquisition was uh, the Eleventh Doctor Sonic Screwdriver because you know when I saw that, even when it just like appeared at the end of the eleventh hour, I was like, oh yeah, I want that. That's cool. Yes. Um, Say, so I I also own one of those. Um, mm-hmm. It's 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 nice because the spring in it is quite strong. So when you yeah. click the button to make it uh, pop up and expand, it has a satisfying clunk in the hand. Mm-hmm. And again, when when I first got mine, the amount that it got waved at the TV, and <laughs> at, uh, there was a moth in our house that I sonic to try and get rid of. Um, <laughs> you know, just stuff like that. Um, and really. Uh, my collecting thing goes beyond Doctor Who. I don't know if that's the same with you. I mean, mm-hmm. I own, I have tricorders and phasers. Yeah. Um, one of my big things is t-shirts. Uh, right. If you, if you see me walking down the street, staring at the sky, I'm probably wearing a Doctor Who t-shirt. <laughs> so it's it's one of those things that uh, again, since the series has come back, they are mm-hmm. a lot easier to get hold of in yeah. the in the uh, into Who period. You couldn't really get hold of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a few kind of T-shirts and, you know, maybe the odd mug and sort of the odd kind of weird-looking canine or, you know, a, a, a model of a phone box that had been appropriated as a TARDIS. Um, yeah. You know, little things like that that there are out there and some figures which have become infamous in Doctor Who lore, which we will talk about uh, shortly, I expect. Yeah. Um yeah, it's um, since the series come back, you're kind of inundated with this stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, even the classic series has plenty of like merchandise going. I mean, especially back in the early '60s, especially when Dark Mania kicked off. Yes, because I mean, just the amount of stuff that came out. I was reading a book earlier that had a whole section about uh, merchandising, and the the Dark Mania thing was to such a degree you'd have like these sort of dress up costumes. And they look completely shit. You know, they, <laughs> it's it's basically sort of like a moo with a hoodie, and you've got you just like have these little holes cut out of the front where you just hold on to like a plunger and a a gun <laughs> stick. And obviously, obviously, because Terry Nation really wanted to push the Daleks, and he tried to take them to America, even which went well. Uh, yeah, but. You know, sort so of the, the the crazy amount of stuff. I mean, there was even a Christmas single, for fuck's sake. Oh, God. It's like, if you really, it's like, if you're trying to pluck up the courage to kill yourself, mm-hmm. I would put that song on because it will trip you over the edge. It is truly awful. Yes. Uh, it, it's, it's also good for inflicting pain on others. I wouldn't oh, be surprised God, yeah. if you use that in Guantanamo. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, we've had it. 
it's one of those songs that it's on our compilation of Christmas tunes uh, when we have people over around the around the holidays. It, it's in there. Is that to get rid of them? No, it's more <laughs> to amuse people because you know because so you know playing board games mm-hmm. and. Uh, um, all of a sudden you hear Merry Christmas like that and it's yes. like oh my god that off <laughs> so the single we're talking about is uh, was released in December 1964 by the Girl Girls and it's called I'm Going to Spend My Christmas with the Dalek and it had lyrics such as I'm going to spend my Christmas with the Dalek and hang him underneath the mistletoe and if he's very nice I'll feed him sugar spice and hang a Christmas stocking from his big left toe what the fuck <laughs> what the fuck if that doesn't want to make you Ram a Toblerone into your jugular and end it all um, mm. over the Christmas period. I don't know what will. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it was crazy, crazy amounts of, like, Dark Mania stuff. And because... Anything you could slap a Dalek on, mm. they, were, they, they, would, they would do so. But it's one of those things of they became so independently popular. Mm-hmm. It's kind of they, they almost got removed from Doctor Who. You know, yeah. it would were no, it was... But this stuff was being bought by people who'd never seen the series mm-hmm. and you know, maybe have only seen the the movies that yeah. came out with Peter Cushing. Yeah. I mean, I think the the merchandise kind of waned when Patrick Troughton took over because I think mm-hmm. he he really didn't want to be sort of like typecast. I think he enjoyed the role, but he didn't want to be sort of like forever seen as the second Doctor. So I think the yeah. merchandise sort of like backed off a bit. But, you know, throughout like the 70s and stuff, they always had like little miniature cardboard cutouts of like the fourth doctor or sarah jane or like davros you could get like with, with the weetabix like 10 tokens yes. to the weetabix or whatever i think i think we have some of those laying around somewhere <laughs> i would be um, surprised no i was gonna say i think they're sort of in a dusty box somewhere mm. in our loft yeah but the sort of thing that i was into like when i was a, a young fledgling doctor who fan i mean this was back sort of early early 90s so it was already when the series had gone was uh, a series of figures by a company uh, known as uh, Dapple dun 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 yes <laughs> you know I I don't know whether it's just sort of like you know hindsight or the bit of the rose coloured uh, glasses going on but when I look at these figures now they're really not good they're, they're, as you say, let's be charitable, a bit shit. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things of, they were obvi- they seem to have been made by someone who's never seen the thing that they are making mm-hmm. and are just doing it from having been described by sort of a, a slightly dotty auntie mm-hmm. and then put together while blif- blindfolded. Um, yeah, some of these figures, you know, even not even necessarily of the... Of the aliens, of of the, the of the Doctor and the companions, mm-hmm. the proportions are so weird. They've all got stumpy little legs, and mm-hmm. um, you know, just sort of faces that appear to have been crafted for sort of melted wax. Yeah, I mean, when I, I'm looking at the picture of the seventh Doctor figure right here. And it, it, yeah, you, you may as well just like paint his face white and give him some like red markings. He'd look like a clown. It's very yeah. very bizarre. Yeah, I mean, the proportions of the legs are so weird. Like, the lower legs are so much shorter in comparison to the top. Um, I would say everyone at home who may be listening to this, um, check out uh, DoctorWhoToys.net is a good resource for looking at some of these as we're looking at them. Yeah. I mean, looking at this page, I cannot remember which ones I had. I had the seventh Doctor, but I think I had, like, the brown-coated version. All right. Definitely had Ace. I had the Davros, but there's two versions of Davros. 
the first version of Davros was was a bit of a mistake and had two arms. <laughs> Infamously two arms. This is yeah. kind of it's one of those things that always gets brought up when you're talking about Dapol mm-hmm. figures, uh, the two-armed Davros. Yeah. Um, I actually had the one-armed Davros, but uh, you could still actually move his sort of... Um, the arm that was always like stuck into the chair you could actually move that up and down a bit so that was yeah so that the unfortunate wank position yeah. of uh doctor of uh, davros's left hand sort of makes it a bit dodgy yeah masturbation of the daleks um <laughs> yeah um but i had a quite a few of the dalek figures which actually looking at them they're not bad they just look a bit plasticky, don't yeah. they? That's the only thing. Yeah, I think I had like the red, the red and gold one. I definitely had the black and silver, which was my favourite. Uh, the white and gold, and I think the grey and blue, sort of like the, you know, the old nineteen sixty three classic Daleks. You know, mm. um, it's one of those things with Dapol. It's one of those things of it's again. It's obviously been made by people who have never seen it. Mm-hmm. So although they're nice, they're nice little figures. They're good for kids. It looks like you could blow them up and hit them with a brick, and they probably still stay together. Some of these figures, mm-hmm. they're not quite right. Um, they're yeah. almost there, but not quite. Uh, mm-hmm. You know that the the two armed Davros, the five sided console, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. It's one of those things. If you got those at Christmas, um, you'd be like. Thanks, Nan. Oh, this is rubbish. <laughs> the actual the, the actual TARDIS police box itself wasn't actually all that bad. It, it was it was great because it had a little blinking light mm. on the top. But yeah, I mean, it's just sort of it's kind of bizarre to look back on these things and things that you remember so fondly and you sort of go. Eh. Like I'm looking at the Ice Warrior here, who's mm. too thin. The green canine. The green canine. Uh, like yeah. I have a I have I you, if you're friends with me on Facebook you may see my knitted canine which is the Dapol Green <laughs> which is sort of a, a very cute one. The Sontarans, um the less said about which the better. Yeah. Um, they look melted. Well they look like melted and stretched. Mm. Um say the Cybermen with the MC Hammer parachute pants. <laughs> you know, it just <sighs> It, it, all these things of you know when you it's almost like you know thanks auntie you got me a game boy oh no it's actually a game child mm-hmm. bollocks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um one of the things i always had uh, as a kid was there was a computer game out in 1992 for the atari st called uh, dalek attack and mm. you could either play as like the second fourth or seventh doctors and there was you could also like play as either ace i think or the big i mean I think some of the characters weren't in the Atari ST version because they were like different characters for different formats. It was like on the Commodore and I think the ZX Spectrum. But it was always like one of those things where it was like two floppy disks and you had to load the first disk first and it would just like do like a little... You make that noise while you're trying to do it. So. Yeah, and it would have like a sort of <laughs> intro and then it would be into disk two and it's like, okay, and you put the second disk in and it never really worked. It's but, a disc one. I've done that already. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's it's kind of strange to think back at the time. You know, this is before like the release of like things like the adventure games. You know, for the like, the new series. Well, especially uh, during Matt Smith's time. And there's the the CD-ROM game Destiny of the Doctors, which was uh, Anthony Ainley's last performance as the Master. Mm. Mm. I would say the, the the early Doctor Who games. Um, it was one of those things of. 
you do wonder if some of them were just sort of a port with Doctor Who slapped on it to mm. make some money. <laughs> it was, it, you know, it started as um, some other game and, you know, just oh, stick Doctor Who in it and we'll sell, we'll sell some units. Mm. Um, I was watching a, a video on YouTube of someone who... Um, was playing some of these early games and at the end of this the uh the little video they had that the the doctor who game for the zx spectrum i believe yeah. retailed at eight quid and that was in <laughs> the 80s and that was a bloody king's ransom then mm. yeah i mean when when you sort of like get to like the modern times and it, it the sort of like merchandising just explodes really oh because... god the merchant it, it, I, I, it's one it's getting to the point now where i don't i think you could go out completely appareled and sort of with all your gear as Doctor Who branded stuff. I mean, you can go out with your Doctor Who t-shirt and your Doctor Who bag with your Doctor Who wallet. Mm-hmm. Um, I make, you know, I'm the worst for this. I The notes I make for this show, I make in a Doctor Who notebook. <laughs> uh, my my wallet is a, has a TARDIS on it. I don't have a Doctor Who bag, but I'm sure that's coming. Um, <laughs> I get out of the shower and use my Doctor Who towels. Um, I... <laughs> You know, before I get dressed, I put on my Doctor Who dressing gown. Yeah. I mean, just just looking at some of the things, especially on that Think Geek, I mean, now you have things like replicas of, like, the 10th Doctor's long coat. Yeah, I mean, cosplay has taken off in such a big way Mm. um, that the the kind of this demand for uh, screen-accurate replicas has really gone through the roof. Um, There was a... I saw that they're bringing out a... A seventh Doctor pullover, yeah. you know the one with the question marks on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so these things they cost a fair old wedge though, um, mm-hmm. but they are beautifully made things. I've seen people walking around conventions with them, and um, yeah, so because it's sort of one of these things that's taken off so big now and has become so popular, they've really got into this niche of of um, responding to these wants. Mm. Yeah, I mean, how do you sort of like see? I mean, obviously, yes. Uh, big money spinner for the BBC because uh yeah blimey I mean it's it's getting to the point where it's it's kind of that thing of no matter you sort of wonder no matter how badly or badly received the series might be mm-hmm. is it now to the point that Doctor Who makes so much money that uh, to take it off the air would be such a decline in income for BBC worldwide mm-hmm. oh definitely yeah De- yeah just, just the way the action figure line has taken off, you know, because I'm looking at the Series 2 line of mm. action figures, and you've got stuff like the destroyed Cassandra. Yeah. It's essentially a plastic frame uh, with nothing in it um, <laughs> sold as an action figure, and mm. people bought it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it has gone <coughs> like, kind of to the point where it's getting a bit... Slightly oh, weird. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you get sort of things like a toy of like the Nana recorder from um, The Impossible Astronaut and yep. Day of the Moon, you know, the the device the Doctor used to implant like little microchips into everybody's hands to, like, so they can record encounters with the silence. I mean, that's that's bizarre. I mean, they've even, it's even got to a point where they're bringing out toys for things that have never existed in the show. Yeah, and indeed, of which I own one. Um, I own a, a QLR time device, I think mm-hmm. it's called, which is they've sort of because this is a, this is a bit of an interesting story to go with this because I saw these things being sold in the break between the two halves of series seven, I think, mm-hmm. 
And because I saw it, I saw it in Film Planet, and I was like, "Wow, is this a spoiler? Is yeah. is this is this something that's coming up? You know?" And well, that's what I, I, I felt. Yeah, I remember I took I took pictures of the back because it had like this whole legend about what the idea of you know what the idea behind it was and mm-hmm. all this sort of business. And I remember showing um, I showed Chuck and I was like, "Oh my god, look at this thing! You know, this is." This is probably what's going to come up in the next series, and you know, the clerics are coming back and all that stuff, and mm. it never came up. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading the blurb of it now. It says, uh, After the Doctor disappeared, the Cybermen and the Daleks went to war across the universe, and on each world they destroyed, they left in their wake stone angels picking over the dead and dying. But the cleric army fought back and scoured the dead worlds left after the wars, looking for wreckages of Daleks, Cybermen, and broken angels to create a hugely powerful anti time device, a device part Dalek, part cyber technology, and use the quantum signature of the angel to trigger a gateway to pull enemies into the time's vortex, erasing them from time completely. Now, you'd think that was kind of like a spoiler, but when you actually read that back, that sounds more like fan fiction. Yeah, and, you know, this is that gun is, is the toy that they were selling. And yeah. to be honest, I, I purchased one out of sheer curiosity. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought, well, this is going to be cool. If, if this is uh, something that's going to be coming up, you know, it'd be cool to have one of these things. And it is very nifty when you turn it on. It makes really cool noises and, you know, shoots lights at the walls and mm-hmm. all that sort of business. Um, but it's one of those things... Uh, now we're just making stuff up to sell toys and yeah. I know that there's probably more than a few fans out there who find that a touch uncomfortable mm. it's like also they did uh, um, what was it called it was like a trans-temporal sonic screwdriver yes yeah like yeah. They, they made this like it was it was sort of like a build your own yeah there's sort of a bit a big pack of basically parts sonic screwdriver parts and mm. you click them together as you like and um i know that there's other packs with other bits as well um so the sonic screwdriver variance is a big it's kind of a big spinner and as well they're really trying to appeal to classic fans mm. by bringing out the old doctor sonics as well i mean we own a fourth and a third doctor sonic screwdriver mm. in this house <laughs> I've always been to like pick up like the uh, the future screwdriver as it's called the one that River Song had in uh, Saturday Night yeah, Live. Yeah, the red settings one. Mm. Yeah, mm. I, I've been meaning to pick one up. I think they've, they've been reissued recently. Yeah. There's different packaging. I think I've seen it in Forbidden Planet, but I've never got around to picking one up. Um, but I'm I'm looking on uh, this site called uh, thewhoshop.com, and it's got under the collectibles and props things you can actually buy a bbc licensed full-size dalek prop yes retailing for the uh low low price of three thousand two hundred and fifty pounds i will have two <laughs> yeah but i mean it's it's crazy sort of like <coughs> excuse me <laughs> bless you thank you <laughs> it's, it's crazy when emma sneezes um but yes it's, it's crazy, crazy when emma sneezes and causes a time-space dilation. <laughs> but I mean, th- there are people buying these. And you can get, oh, like, oh, yeah. full-size, like, replicas of, like, the Outer Tardis shell and, and things like that. It's all very bizarre. I mean... Yeah, um, my f- a friend of mine had um, an original Roundel um, oh, wow. set. Yeah. But it was one of those things... It was up on his wall, and we mm. were all, like, cooing over it and going, wow, that's so cool. But it's one of those things of... It looked like an utter piece of shit. If mm-hmm. you saw that in the street, you would hurl it into the nearest bin. Mm-hmm. But it's... Because um, it's part of Doctor Who lore, um, we revere and covet it. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's very strange. Yeah. Um, uh, I say eBay is a is a treasure trove of strange and bizarre Doctor Who uh, paraphernalia. Mm-hmm. Um 
very i think actually got into some sort of local news that there was a fella who had somehow acquired 11,000 target books wow yeah um like obviously many many replicas uh, many um copies of the same ones mm-hmm. um in original boxes it was like excel stock no one had ever opened these cardboard boxes so they were brand new and mint mm-hmm. and um he was selling the lot and it was one of those things of there were so many people what like watching this ebay auction yeah. to see how much they would go for um i think they ended up going for something like 1500 quid all told um yeah but i mean you know if you if you have the space and you fancy, you know, chucking a few in a shop or putting some online to sell, you're probably going to make more than your money back. Mm. In original Target novels, this is. So. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I do actually own one of the Target... I have the novelization of Remembrance of the Daleks, written by Ben Aronovich. Um, I don't think I could get that much for it these days because it's, uh, <laughs> it's pretty battered. Yes. I'd say um, that's the whole thing of... Um, that collector thing of mm. you know keep one keep it all pretty and you know maybe worth something to be honest with these things there's so many of them out there unless mm. you get one of those sandy sdcc comic-con exclusive things yeah. or if you get one of those those variants which are rare you know like star wars toys is the big thing for that mm-hmm. um you know you get that one with like a cape that shouldn't have one and you yeah. know they get reissued unless you have something like that there's so many of them out there you're probably not gonna make it this probably isn't gonna be your fortune no. Just ask all those people who take their bloody Smurf collections on Antiques Roadshow. Um, <laughs> it's, um, it's it, it, you know, it's probably not going to be you go, you, the goose that lay the golden egg. I think mm. with, when it comes to these things, collect them because you enjoy them. I mean, all our all our Dot Two figures are out of the packaging oh, yeah. and um, on our shelves, and occasionally reenacting parts of episodes. Mm. And yeah, I think you, you unless you're buying these out of enjoyment, you're probably doing it wrong yeah i mean well that's that's all the thing <laughs> you know when you sort of like when you get to an adult you look at some of the toys you used to own as kids and you sort of like think oh you know maybe i should have kept it in the packaging it might have been worth something but when you're a kid you don't care about that no, of course you not you, no. you want you want to get it get it out of the packaging and mess around with it and throw it against a wall or something or say so, well, i'm sure my dad that's what my dad said when me and my brother systematically destroyed his original captain scarlet toys yeah what would you sort of like say is the most sort of bizarre bit of merchandising you've ever seen wow um or you know about oh blimey there's there's so many sort of strange things i I find a lot of the bathroom accessories kind of weird Mm. Um, i'm not sure i want david Tennant's soap on me or doctor or dalek bubble bath Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd, I'd find all those things kind of odd. I mean, um, yeah, it's, it, I think it, it's obviously aimed at kids cause you know, get the kids to have a wash and brush their teeth cause mm-hmm. it's got the 10th doc- the doctor on it. Then that's all good. But, um, yeah, I find those a bit weird, but at least we haven't, they haven't gone into the whole range of sex toys, which a lot of, um, oh dear. a lot of other, a lot of other things have been, infl- have had those inflicted upon them. So <laughs> hopefully we never get that far well i mean i don't know in the classic series you did have the master and his tissue compression eliminator which did kind of look like and the end of resurrection of the daleks the end of that um with the dalek goo which resembles a bodily fluid which we'll never discuss again (laughs) ejaculate um (laughs) why we we (laughs) have you ever seen that sketch with the um the daleks in the turdis 
it was like a comedy sketch. It's very strange. So. I don't think so. No. Yes, um, they they took that um they took that clip and had them shout ooh white wee wee. <laughs> it's on YouTube. Look it up. Yeah. I'm not going to. Right. Mm, yeah, no. <laughs> I thought um, the uh, the the Pakistani Dalek from Spike Milligan was bad enough. Good in the curry. <laughs> oh, like you know, Spike Milligan. I respect you. Like, is a genius writer and a comedian. But God, man, I, I know that was. And why? That, I know that was kind of the thing at the time. You had like sitcoms, quote unquote, like called like curry and chips and what have you. And do you sort of like look back at them now and you just think, oh. How? How was uh, that allowed? Yeah, but I suppose that was just sort of like the, you know, the sort of casual racism of the day. Yes, um, indeed. Blimey, the <laughs> the Pakistani dog. It's one of those things. It's so terrible that it gets quoted in this house quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Like it's particularly gross bit of rubbish or something, um, or you know, something nasty in the garden that needs to be taken care of. The mm-hmm. inevitable cry of "Put it in the curry" will um, come up. <laughs> Yeah, um, but I, I did love Jamaican Earthshock. Oh, Jamaican Earthshock is quite fun. <laughs> but anyway, um, I think some of, one of the more... It wasn't really Doctor Who related. Well, it kind of was because it starred some of the same people. Was You had like these sort of things called like The Stranger, you know? Um, yes. Starring Colin uh, Baker and Nicola Bryant as the Doctor and Perry. Although it's not really the Doctor and Perry. Oh, no. The, legal reasons. Yes. It's, it's one of those things of... We represent, but not legally affiliated with the Lollipop Guild. It's one of those. Um, get me. Um, all my Simpsons quotes are coming out now. <laughs> get me Steven Spielberg's Mexican non-union equivalent. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those things that came out when we in the Into Who years. Uh, the desire for for Doctor Who, any something, anything, mm-hmm. um, was quite strong. So a, a few of these strange little series made by fans and semi-professional people mm-hmm. started popping up including the stranger series which as you say is effectively the doctor and perry but isn't it's the stranger and miss something miss or other Brown, i think yes so it's as basically doctor who as you can get i think a lot of this stuff's still available actually wow weird yeah i think i saw something planet once god but yeah. i mean there's there's i remember seeing I don't know if it was a video or a DVD, but it was like it was like, it was drama, but it was one where the Doctor was recalled to Gallifrey by the Time Lords and put on trial and had to justify why he kept taking female companions with him or something. Yeah, I think it's, I might have seen. Yeah, it's what, that seems familiar. What was it called? Oh, do you know what? I don't know. God, it's. Yeah, I, but you know, you know which one I mean, though. I'm, I'm sure I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, very, very bizarre. Very strange. Yeah, this whole this whole thing of um, sort of Doctor Who, but not dramas. Um, mm. It's very strange, and they're they're really uh, an interesting curio mm-hmm. um, for people who are fans. And if you can get hold of this stuff, I mean, don't spend a lot of money on it because a lot of it is pretty bad. But if you can um, if you can find these things and check them out, they're they're, they're quite interesting, like how they're obviously trying to avoid um, saying the, the copyrighted phrases, but, you know, wink, wink, you know what we're talking about, don't yeah. you, sort of thing, yeah. Wow, actually, I've just, I've just brought up the Wikipedia page for The Stranger, yeah. and four of them were written by Nicholas Briggs. Wow. 
Yeah, that's yeah. I'd say this is the, the whole this whole sort of Doctor Who thing of semi-professional fandom is is kind of. It's, it's the kind of this where it comes from mm-hmm. um, in the 80s for a lot of uh, people who were brought into the to the series to work on it as like continuity advisors mm-hmm. and writers people who were fans with like a capital F so yeah. when the series went away these people who had uh, links within um, within the the industry and who had built relationships with people who were in the show, like stars of the show, like Colin Baker and Nicola mm-hmm. Bryant, um, then took it upon themselves to make these professionally made shows and yeah. to write them and basically completely off their own back, purely out of love of Doctor Who, to just get something, if it couldn't be Doctor Who, something like it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot to admire in that, just that commitment to to the show and that love of the show yeah. but uh, obviously how successful you find them I mean um, I'd never seen them and it was when me and Chuck first uh, began dating that he started showing me showing me all this stuff and he was oh this is brilliant you know I haven't watched this for a while and, and stuck it on and um, he was slightly disappointed in my reaction that most of it's pretty dreadful mm-hmm. I mean so you've, you've <coughs> got like things from like real time pictures like Shakedown which like, stars like Caroline Ford and Michael Wisher and Sophie Aldred, and it's it's very sort of bizarre. I mean, yeah, like you say, though, something, anything, who? Yeah, just get these people on the screen. And the other thing is as well that obviously some of these people weren't working, mm-hmm. um, so it was a way to sort of keep their keep themselves going mm-hmm. as well. Frankly, you know, some of the people who who were companions in the old days weren't doing anything else frankly they yeah. were busy <laughs> yeah so i mean obviously with uh you know peter capaldi's imminent advent as the 12th doctor obviously we're going to get a whole bunch of new stuff you know toys of him and maybe it's clara and any sort of new or returning monsters so where, where do you sort of like see like the merchandising sort of going i just think there's going to be more and more of it i mean when mm. you get capaldi uh, hits the airwaves i mean i've already seen i mean the first thing I saw of Capaldi after this show was there was a sculpt, the sculpt of his head for his action figure was, um, was already out in the wild. So these things are, are terribly, are held terribly importantly amongst fans, I think. I mean, and I personally can't wait to have a Peter Capaldi action figure on my shelf. <laughs> just that whole concept just makes me giggle every time I think of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and all these kids walking around with Peter Capaldi on their lunchboxes and... Yeah, stuff like that. I mean, I think that the merchandising is kind of one of these things why people turn the show down. Mm-hmm. I mean, sort of notoriously, Benedict Cumberbatch, the star of Sherlock now, and um, that Star Trek, inverted commas movie, uh, said, you know, I don't want to be on the front of a lunchbox. That was his reason for sort of saying no to the show and ruling himself out. So I think that this whole concept of you'll kind of live forever as lumps of plastic in people's ro- living rooms or in, in kids' toy cupboards, you know. It, it sort of, it, I think it's one of those things that people find weird and, you know, you kind of don't want to have that as your legacy, almost, as an actor. Yeah. You know that um, thing I was saying about the the video? That, oh, yes, uh, yes. I found it on uh, Wikipedia. It says, uh, in 1998, a video was released called Lust in Space, in which oh, the time assizes, time lords, put Doctor Who on trial for sexism. If it is found to be sexist, then it will be removed from history. None of the actors who played the part of the Doctor took part. The evidence, quote-unquote, for the trial consists of short clips of interviews 
of some of the Doctor's female companions, Katie Manning, Joe Grant, and Sophie Aldred Ace, are brought through time and space to testify in court. Former writers and producers such as Terence Dix and John Nathan Turner are cross-examined through video interviews on their part in making the show, quote, sexist, unquote. There are no clips from Doctor Who in the video. That just sounds fucking terrible. Yeah, indeed. Uh, yeah, my recollection of it is pretty terrible. But again, it's one of those things of something, Doctor Who, anything, please, you mm. know, just um, so that whole thing of anything goes. I mean, that's kind of what I part of what I love about Who is that I don't think apart from stuff like Trekkies, you wouldn't it, it, Star Trek doesn't really have that sort of fandom. It, I think. There is a semi-pro uh, thing going on for Star Trek, isn't there? Uh, um, yes, I think. Yeah. It, um, I think doesn't isn't Grant Imahara from Mythbusters yes. on it? I think. Yeah. He's, he's Sulu. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was obviously, but that's that sort of been aided by the internet. I don't. Mm. I don't feel like there was fans putting out videos and stuff back in the day of yeah. Star Trek, you know, just sort of any Star Trek we can find. Yeah. These days on YouTube, if you look up like fan-made Doctor Who stuff, it's usually a crossover with My Little Pony. Um, oh, God. <laughs> no, I mean, that's the that's the, the lovely thing, yet the awful thing about YouTube is that everyone can make a video and put it up, and mm -hmm. um, there is some absolute dog shit on there. <laughs> <laughs> masquerading as fan productions um but yeah there was something kind of special about those old vhs enterprises because um the sheer amount of effort that went into them it, it, it it's just you know it if you think about the amount of effort that went into the production and the writing and you know trying to scrape a budget together and doing it as professionally as they could i mean really it's it's such a labor of love it really it, it almost sort of puts their relative crapness into into kind of a, a better light mm -hmm. since the dvds have come out uh for doctor who i mean they've been they've been obviously rapturously welcomed and they're extremely good they're the extras are extremely high quality oh, uh, yes. but as, as at the moment they're now doing a thing of reissuing dvds and uh there's been a lot of a lot of stuff that I've seen online of people not being happy with this decision that it's mm. a way of milking fans of uh of sort of their hard-earned cash. I mean, what do you think of that? Uh, well, I can, I can certainly see that point of view. But when you think about it, a lot of the reissues are like some of the, from their very earliest, uh, their very first issues. Sort of like, so when you compare, say, like the Robot of Death, as it was originally released and put up against um, the version that was released as part of uh, one of the Regeneration box sets, there's, there's a lot more love put into it. And obviously with advancement in the, the vid fire technology that they used to like clean up a lot of like the the messed up prints or just like make it look as best as they possibly can i can i can understand that i mean with things like robots of death i i waited until the regenerations box set came out yeah just to own it that way and yeah of course, yes they do do a lot of milking because recently there was um the regeneration box set which not to be confused with the regenerations ones I've mentioned earlier. This was a box set put out which featured stories of each Doctor's regeneration, and it was the first release for the Tenth Planet, which is getting released later in, in November of 2013. And I, at first, I was kind of intrigued by it, but when I found out what it was, it was like I'm not buying that because yes. I've actually already got most of the regeneration stories on DVD already. Yeah, absolutely. Um. So I can sort of like see why that's been put together for like maybe it's like newcomers who 
want to test the waters but at the same time it's still kind of it was i think it's still pretty pricey box set and yeah it is recently you've got like the fourth doctor time capsule oh goodness me which is which is a a beautiful well put together thing but ultimately it's not the sort of thing i would want to own partly because i've probably got nowhere to store it yeah, you know, and also I I don't really fancy taking out another mortgage on the house to pay for it. Yeah, I mean it's like eighty quid or something, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a fair old wedge, isn't it? Mm. It was. Yeah, I think it is eighty quid. Yeah, so you do sort of a lot of these things. Uh, you sort of think, oh, it's a bit cynical, and mm. but at the end of the day, you, you're going to vote with your wallet. No one's yeah. making you buy this. No, it's not gonna. It's not the case of this is the only way you're going to ever be able to see the tenth planet. Mm-hmm. If you know, hang on a few months, you're going to be able to get an individual release that goes in with the rest of your collection. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's one of those things of buying this stuff is is optional at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't make you a better fan for owning it. Um, yeah. Again, it's one of those things of I think uh, buy it because it. In, you enjoy it i mean mm-hmm. my doctor who tells are practical but fun <laughs> um so i feel entirely justified in owning them so yeah it's it's one of those uh sort of it's one of those things um i don't know how you i wonder how you feel about the uh the decision to animate episodes from the missing um the pantheon of missing episodes i personally i think it's a good idea because you're not guaranteed to ever be able to see them again no, you know, because I mean, there was a whole hullabaloo a couple of months back. You know, this is September when we're recording this, and it was a couple of months ago when um, was it Ian Levine? I think was tweeting about they found ninety episodes of Doctor Who or something. Was... Can you, can, you listeners at home? Can you hear my eyes rolling? <laughs> so like that sort of sound of stone scraping together. That's ever yes. rolling your eyes. Yeah, yeah. You know, when I first heard about it, when the story first broke. I think everybody sort of went, really? Really? Mm-hmm. Mm. But then when you sort of like took a step back and thought about it, 90 episodes, that's... It's it's one of those things that's... It doesn't even sound too good to be true. It just sounds... It's ludicrous. Like, yeah, it's yeah. ludicrous. If it'd been nine, that would have been more believable. Yeah. I think it's because, obviously, it came in the wake of the, the rediscovery of some episodes... Mm. Uh, one of the underwater menace and one of I think it was Galaxy Four, was it? Gal- was it Galaxy Four? I think it was. Yeah, Galaxy Four. Um, so I mean, this was after we'd. It had been like oh, about seven years and more, more than that, mm-hmm. since any episodes have been returned to the BBC. So I think myself included, we're like, well, that's it. We're never going to find anything else. The mm-hmm. the well is is, is dry um, everywhere. There's a there's a really excellent book um, about missing episodes uh, published by Telos about the hunt for the missing episodes and possibly the location of others. Mm-hmm. Um, but frankly, you know, there, there was a great expedition sent across the world looking for, for Doctor Who episodes, you know, things that have been sent to other countries and yeah. clips. And, you know, a lot of stuff came back in the 90s, you know, like we got two of the Sidemen back and, you know, yeah, episodes yeah. this, episodes of that. Yay! Um, you know, it's... It, it, you know, the well is dry at mm-hmm. this point. We've looked everywhere, apart from like North Korea and Zimbabwe. <laughs> so, you know, I think it, we all sort of just assumed that was it. We were never going to get anything else. And then mm-hmm. these other two episodes just turned up in someone's garage or something. Yeah. And I think they kind of reignited uh, this whole thing about missing episodes that maybe now these have been found, that there may there still might be something out there. Mm-hmm. So this whole 90 episodes business... Um, 
it, 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 it was one of those things of I think people went with it because it sounded plausible in the mm-hmm. wake of um, episodes coming back out of the blue. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because like you say, if it had been nine, mm-hmm. maybe. But yeah, this whole thing of it being 90, it just sounded like the end of the Chinese Whispers game, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, um, but in terms of like the animation, I I, I don't have a problem with it. If it if it means we sort of get to see get to see the um, the story completed in some in one way or another, then I'm I'm all mm-hmm. for it because I've watched like like the telly snaps of like Marco Polo and stuff, and I don't know, I can't really get into it as much as I could like something fully animated, if you know what I mean, because it's mostly just the yeah. sound and. Uh, and like the few photographs they have i mean i used to own um a double cassette uh, box <laughs> so there you go of um yep. power of the daleks mm. where it was just the soundtrack to the the actual sort of like taken off film it's like sounds dialogue music and stuff and it was linked together by tom baker in characters the fourth doctor so like explaining his regeneration from his first incarnation into his second and stuff and it was I mean, it worked, but it was it it was kind of bizarre. Just like, like in retrospect, it's kind of like bizarre. Obviously, because you know, Power of the Daleks as it is barely exists. And yeah. maybe it's only like a couple of clips, and maybe maybe it's one episode. I don't know. Mm. I mean, yeah, I, I I don't have a problem. And the yeah, um, mm. the animation. I think it's sort of. I mean, if you've watched watched the Reign of Terror um, mm. DVD, I haven't yet. Uh, I was going to say it's it's a good watch and it's one of those ones of like you say the soundtrack of those episodes it's like a lot of it is like punching noises and like kerfuffles and mm-hmm. so you kind of have to just kind of imagine it yeah. but um they there's a very good documentary on how they um they they went through the process of how they were going to animate the sounds because they mm-hmm. they barely had anything to go on they did, I think yeah. they basically had stage directions and that was it mm-hmm. so how they've chosen to interpret it I mean, that's the other. That's another problem that some people have with it is that you know this is, this is people interpreting what yeah. they think happened in the episode, not necessarily what actually happened in the episode, using sort of guesswork because that's all they've got. Yeah. Um, but I would take that over just watching again, watching a DVD with some narrated bits of the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I say I think the the Reign of Terror one was fairly controversial because it. It was done by a company that specialises in anime, mm. um, and if you watch it, it's kind of quite anime influenced. I mean, because everyone, I mean myself included, absolutely love what Cosgrove Hall did on the invasion mm-hmm. and th- that style. And I think that people were like, well, if we're going to animate, we really like that style. But I think there was some sort of issues with Cosgrove Hall. Yeah, um, have they gone out of business? Or uh, I don't know. Actually, let me just have a look. Um, but yeah, I, I've seen sort of um, like stills of what they're doing with the moon base, and I I really I like the way it's going. It's gotten a lot more sophisticated than when you look back at the Cosgrove Hall stuff, which yeah. actually they are defunct now. Yes, uh, de- oh, rest in peace, Cosgrove. Yeah, two thousand nine. Very um, sad. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I, it has sort of like improved quite quite a bit looking at like the moon base and stuff and I'd, i really would like them to go back and do more i don't know mm. if you'll ever get like something like the dark's master plan done because that's yeah. going to cost a whole 
ton of money. A ton of money. They I mean, that's it. It. yeah. I mean, uh, again, I've seen some stills from the Ice Warriors. What they're doing with that, mm-hmm. and that looks really cool. Um, but unfortunately, budgetary wise, they can really only do these stories that have kind of t- a couple of episodes missing. Yeah. Um, you know, trying to take on stuff like the Mythmakers or Marco Polo mm-hmm. would be such a ruinously expensive enterprise they'd never make it that even if this dvd sold more copies than bloody avatar Mm -hmm. it would it they would never make their money back essentially so unfortunately we're going to be stuck with you know we say we are lucky to have the audio so we can still enjoy them in some way shape or form Mm -hmm. um you know they're not completely lost to us um but uh yeah you're probably never going to see like a myth makers dvd or uh a, a Dalek Master deep. Plan one, or a few from the deep, or you know, all these things that are, are missing in their entirety. Mm-hmm. Um, I did uh, want to ask you a question about the DVD releases. Mm-hmm. Do you think now the start? Obviously, we're running out of stories. Yes. You know, um, Terror of the Zygons was get released at the end of September. Is I think it's the last Tom last Baker one. one. Yeah. Um, and there's the Scream of the Shalker getting released on dvd how, how yeah. do you sort of feel about that being included? um well i mean shalka is one of those it's, it's one of those things that it sort of again it's kind of one of these curio things it was originally if you don't know what shalka is anyone who's listening to this mm-hmm. it was a, a web not a web comic but like a animated um web series mm-hmm. that was on the doctor who website way back when was it like what 2000 2001 Three, I think 2003 right Something okay like so I mean this was a point where most people still had dial up so to watch these things was quite the Herculean effort um, <laughs> you know and down, trying to download it and you know click on it and go and make a cup of tea it's not going to download for 10 minutes and all this sort of thing mm-hmm. but yeah it was one of those things it, it was an interesting piece of work um, it had uh, Richard E. Grant playing the ninth doctor had Derek Jacobi in there as the robo master mm-hmm. um yeah, it was sort of quite interesting. Um, as for it being released on DVD, I'm not entirely sure if it really warrants a DVD release. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not in not very long, I don't think, if if memory serves. Um, I'm not sure. I I don't know. I think it, I think it was about like six episodes, but it depends on how long the actual. I think they were like sort of seven, like seven minutes each yeah. or something like that. So, I mean, um, but again, it's one of those things of if if you haven't seen it for a long time and I don't know what the, the situation with extras is on that disc. Um, um, I don't know if you can look that up briefly. Yeah, I'm just looking at the Wikipedia article for it. It doesn't really say very much about like what the uh, what the extras are for it. Uh, yeah, it just it's, it's sort of a bit like... Um, Oh God! What's the what's the missing Tom Baker episode? My brain, my mind's gone. Sharda. Yeah. So in terms of things like that and Sharda, and you know, it's it's one of those things. Of, it's in, if you're a fan, it's one of those things that in, it's interesting to have. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, wait till it goes down to being three quid on Amazon or something, and then buy it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to buy it RRP. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that pretty much covers more or less everything. I mean, it's uh... yep, it's a merchandise. There's there's a whole bunch of it, but yeah. um, it's it you, you can you can view it in sort of one or two ways. I think you can either say, well, it's a bit cynical and it's exploiting fans, and um, or you can say it's just nice bits of fun and cool toys. And these toys are, are now they're really good. They're super accurate. Mm-hmm. They're loads of fun. They're robust. They stand up to being dropped and 
flung about the place and you know if that's your bag go for it and um enjoy it yeah i'm gonna go play with my sonic screwdriver now is that a euphemism no (laughs) (laughs) no no stop it (laughs) well i think that's pretty much all we can say for for now unless we've really thought about it because uh there's that Mm. really is that much stuff when you think Mm. about this probably a lot more that we've missed than uh, we've even talked about. We certainly haven't yep, talked I'm about gonna... Doctor Who underpants. Or Doctor Who cake moulds, oh, of yeah. which there are now many. <laughs> <laughs> I sent you a picture of one of those, didn't I? You did. Where were you when I needed to bake a Dalek-shaped cake? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I was just, I, I baked a, a, I carved a, a Dalek-shaped cake um, myself before these things were even conceived of so um yeah so seeing you're... that cheese me off a bit because i went through a lot of stress for no reason <laughs> so you were the hipster of dalek cakes you, you did it I was, it was I cool. cool yes <laughs> clearly well i think that pretty much yeah is a good point to... yeah uh so thank you very much emma thank you and uh you know go play with some toys sometime we'll see you all again later Ta-ra! Greatest Show in the Galaxy is produced by Emma Foster and Michael Mole for the Simply Syndicated 21st Century Media Network. Be sure to check out our Simply Syndicated sister podcasts, including Movies You Should See, Take It or Leave It, For Those About to Rock, Remote Patrol, Atometry War 9000, Starbase 66 and Nerd Hurdles. If you like what you hear, you can contact us at greatestshow at simplysyndicated.com or you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash greatestshowpodcast or on Twitter at greatestshowpod. Thank you.